Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliant Security Magazine podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your listening. The topic for today's show is risk reduction with identity hygiene. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Uh, we have a special guest. Our guest today is Rosario Giacomo, Vice President of Strategy and Solutions Engineering at Sphere. And we'll talk about who Sphere is here in a minute too. But let me tell you a little bit about Rosario. Rosario focuses on solving complex security and infrastructure problems involving the processing and analysis of large data sets to find creative and out-of-box thinking solutions. He's been working as a technology leader for over 25 years at financial organizations such as Newberg Berman, Lehman Brothers, and Barclays. He has held several uh, various leadership positions, including Global Head of Core Software Engineering, Head of Mac Platform Engineering, Global Head of Windows Engineering, and Windows Support Manager. For the last eight years at Sphere, Rosario has built the team and methodologies for developing SphereBoard, and we'll talk about that here in a minute as well. And Rosario holds a BS in, in Business Administration. And with that, Welcome, Rosario. Thank you for joining me today. Great to be here. All right. This is going to be good. I'm looking forward to this. So uh, let's start by giving the audience just kind of some background here. So maybe you could talk to us a little bit about Sphere Technology Solutions. You know, how did the how did it come to be? You know, what what is your where you fit in the market, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, so um, Sphere started uh, really with the financial crisis of 2008. Um, so our CEO, Rita Gurbich, uh, she was at Lehman Brothers. I was actually at Lehman Brothers uh, myself. And one of the things that we were tasked with was breaking up this, this large enterprise into these uh, sections that different uh, uh, organizations bought, for example, Nomura and Newberger Berman, and, and essentially splitting off the organization. And, and I think that set off a spark in Rita of understanding how important ownership was, right? Understanding, well, who owns this piece of the organization versus that piece of the organization? And while that exercise was an exercise of, in kind of splitting up the organization, she realized that understanding ownership of data, understanding who has access to what and should they have access to that data was critical in just managing the cybersecurity of an organization in general, not just in that kind of kind of separating exercise or really in, in like an M&A uh, type exercise. I think she realized that that this was something that that um, companies needed to do. And that's where Sphere came from. So we started off really focusing on data, uh, but soon we started looking at privilege access as a, a critical component of identity hygiene. But then we thought, it's not just about data and privilege access, it's actually about 
all access. And that was essentially the birth of identity hygiene, right? Understanding exactly what accounts exist, exactly who has access to what. And we found that most organizations don't know, don't have that simple, can't answer the simple question of what are all the accounts that I have? What do what can those accounts do? Do I have ownership? But most importantly, do I have control over all of those accounts and all of those entitlements? Interesting. Okay. And and I want to talk about that a little bit more. But before we get there, tell us a little bit more about your role uh, at Sphere. So th the title is Vice President of Strategy and Solution Engineering. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so I have a very interesting role because um, part of what my role is, is product management. It's, it's building the product, understanding what the product should be, uh, finding the market fit for the product and ensuring that the product actually meets the needs of our customers. The other side of my role, the strategy and solution engineering side is almost like a, a sales side of the road uh, of, of the, of the role. So if you think about it um, in most organizations, those are two separate uh, roles. The reason that we keep it together, it's, it kind of speaks to the core of the product and the core of the, the company. We started off as a services company, and what we did with product, as we transformed from services to product, we wanted to build a product that was as successful as we were with services. It, the reason that we were successful with services is that we were very, very, very close to our customers. So the reason that this role is important for us and, and that, that it be together is that we want product to always be as close to what the customer needs are. So what we do is our product managers are are constantly communicating with our um, with our solution engineers who are at the front lines talking to customers every day. I spent a lot of my time talking to customers. I think it's very important that the product reflect the needs of the customers and we don't build. I always tell our developers and our engineering team we should not be build some building something cool for the sake of it being existing and being cool. We should build something with a purpose. Every right. single report has to have a purpose. It has to lead to risk reduction because the fundamental reason why people buy security products is to reduce risk, not to have fancy charts or diagrams or anything that looks really cool and uses the latest technology. Yeah, but what does it do for the customer? Does it solve their security problems? Does it reduce risk? And that's kind of core to, to what we do. And I try to embed that into our engineering team, into our solution engineers, even our strategists who think about what is coming, you know, not next week, but next month, you know, 12 months from now, five years from now. Yeah, excellent. And so um, kind of, kind of backtracking a little bit, you started to talk about um, identity hygiene and what it is. And I think it's, uh, I mean, the name is self-explanatory, right? Identity hygiene. But I think it's probably worthwhile taking just a minute to talk about what that means in the world of sphere or in your sphere. How about that? <laughs> uh, and so that, so our audience understands exactly how we're using that term and, and what it means to you. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of organizations that traditionally wouldn't use the word identity or using identity. I saw something recently where Cisco um, had a presentation and they had identity in, in, in big words, which, you know, traditionally, if you think about traditional Cisco, you don't think about identity. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've always been an identity hygiene company. And for us, identity hygiene is number one, understanding everything in your environment, having a full inventory of all of the accounts, all of the entry points into your network, the entry points into your environment. The accounts are generally the entry points into your environment. But more importantly than that, 
identity is not an account. The way that we think about identity hygiene, identity is that human being that ultimately can control that access point, that ultimately can get access to a, an asset in your organization. And the question comes down to, should that relationship exist? You know, if you think about it, everything is about relationships. You know, the owner of an asset the the um, is, is a relationship between a human being and the asset that they own. Um, the entitlement of an asset is between the account and maybe a server that it has access to, right? It's understanding those relationships. So at, at um, identity hygiene is really understanding those relationships across the organizations, having a complete view into all of those relationships. And then most importantly, the question is, should those relationships exist? And if they shouldn't exist, how do I go about actually resolving uh, or re remediating uh, those those problematic relationships? Excellent. And that's where the, the risk reduction comes into play is, is you remediate exactly. those, re those relationships or eliminate those that don't really even need to exist. Uh, so you have a solution, a product that you kind of alluded to a couple of times. So let's just talk about it. It's called uh, SphereBoard, I believe. Um, tell us about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so SphereBoard really, as, as I said earlier, is the the transformation of Sphere as a from a services company to a product company. So what we started doing is as as we were deploying the product to or or we were writing scripts to do our services, a lot of customers were asking us, hey, you know, I really love the way you do that report. I really love the way that you are doing that analysis. Um, the product really came from customers actually asking us to do what we did with services, but at scale. So, so really, ultimately, the, the product mimics what a human being would do to solve this problem. So imagine you have an issue where, you know, I like to describe it as when I talk to people, uh, especially non-technical people, to try to describe this as, you know, imagine you have a room in your house that's that's a mess, right? It's boxes everywhere, dust, everything. Well, how would you go about cleaning that room? Well, the first thing you have to do is walk in and kind of take note of everything, right? Discover everything right. oh there's that old sweatshirt you know there's yeah. that box that needs to have you know has christmas decorations in it or you know there's a bunch of dirt in the corner over there that i need to take care of you have to discover what you're dealing with right and then you have to figure out okay well you know what i have a box in that corner that's actually my my wife's kids when she was a, a kid her old toys right. she yeah. is the owner of that box i can't just take that box and throw out her old toys she's gonna be upset with me so i have to find ownership Right. So I have to look through and say, do I own all this stuff? And if I don't, who is the owner of all this stuff? So I can ask them whether or not I can clean it out. Right. And then finally, I have to. Well, before that, maybe there's something in the corner that's some some hazardous material, like, you know, some, you know, maybe um, something flammable or something. Again, that's dangerous. I have to I have to. That's maybe the first thing I have to tackle. And then finally, I have to go out and ask all the people that own the, the various boxes in, in the room. Is it okay for me to clean it out? When they give me the okay, then I can start cleaning. And that's really what the product does. We go out, discover everything, take a full inventory, look through the room, see where there's, you know, you know what we actually have, then figure out, well, who owns what, right? You can't make a change to a service account without getting the owner to say, yes, it is okay to make that change to a service account. Just like I cannot throw out my wife's uh, old box, you know, old toys in, in, in a box, I can't onboard a service account into a vaulting solution. I can't delete a, a local service account to replace it with a domain uh, service account without talking to the owner of that account first. But to talk to that owner, you have to first figure out who the owner actually is. So what our product does is actually go out and figures out 
this is the owner of this account. This is the owner of the server. This is the owner of this database. Then we have a mechanism to, to kind of overlay all of the things we've discovered with, well, what are the issues? What are the controls and what are the resulting violations, right? What are the things that need to be fixed that potentially are, um, are, are broken or where do you have the a security issue that, that needs to be addressed? Where are your violations? Finally, we have an entire workflow that reaches out to those owners. First of all, confirms ownership or ultimately crowdsources ownership because they have the ability to reassign ownership uh, to themselves. And then finally, we have what we call our virtual workers that can actually go out and it automates the fixing of the issue. Because that fixing of the issue sometimes is the thing that delays you the most, right? Um, it's it's mostly repetitive tasks, and and this is where you know services versus product comes in. We we talk about when we moved to product, we gained a multiplier. When we were doing this with services, there's just so much you could do with people. There's just so many people you can hire to do this work. But with, with with automation, with the product, we essentially have a multiplier where, where a human could do five, a the product could do 2,000 at a time. So if you think about it, it, it makes sense, right? It's the way that, so when I tell people, people ask me, well, what's so special about the product? I'm just like, absolutely nothing. There's nothing special about our methodology. What's special about it is the fact that is that multiplier. It's taking what a human would do and multiplying it by 1,000, 10,000, 20,000. That's what makes it special. But the methodology is what a human would do. It's common sense. You know, okay. it's what you would do to clean that room. Okay, excellent. Thank you. I was going to just ask you what makes you unique, and I think you've just answered that question. So um, I, I appreciate you going there. Um, maybe it would be helpful to talk about some of the challenges in identity management um, that you've come up across, uh, that you've you know, come across uh, in your work. Yeah. And one of the benefits of, of me spending so much time with customers and potential customers is that I hear these challenges every day. Um, yeah. Probably the biggest challenge is discovery, you know, and, and the funny thing is people think people who are not technology people, if you were to go and randomly talk to someone in HR or marketing and ask them the simple question of, do you think IT in your organization knows every single account, where it exists, and what it has access to. And I will guarantee you that every non-technical person will say, absolutely. That's insane. How could you not know? It's like having a bunch of keys to your house and, and not knowing who has those keys, who right. can actually get in and out of your house. Of course they know. But the reality is they don't. Right. The reality is you have things like local accounts. You have shadow IT creating accounts, doing favors. You have all sorts of other scenarios that create these entry points into the environment. Um, and IT does not have a full understanding. So one of the biggest challenges is just that, right? Actually discovering everything, discovering a full inventory of every single entry point um, into the environment, every single account, local Oracle account, some mainframe account that was created, you know, 50 years ago that no one knows anything about, um, you know, the obvious ones like LDAP accounts and AD accounts, the less obvious ones, like some local account on some Linux box sitting underneath the developer's desk, running something potentially production and no one knows about. So that discovery is challenge number one. But discovery of those accounts is just the first step, right? The, the next biggest challenge is ownership. The understanding of, great, I found that that Oracle account uh, that's named 123SVC, but who is the person authorized to actually tell me whether or not I could actually get rid of it? 
whether I, I could do any work to, to remediate it, whether I could solve the security risk. That ownership is a huge, huge challenge. I've yet to discover or talk to a single customer that's told me we don't have an ownership problem. And if they did tell me that, they were lying. Yeah, well, that's exactly where my mind was going. Well, how often do you come up and, and how many accounts do you come across that you can't trace the ownership? And then what do you do? Do you just disconnect them and see what breaks or see see who starts complaining? Yeah, I mean, that that is something of last resort, but it, it's hard. You can't really. So I always talk about operational risk versus security risk. Um, think about if you're an infrastructure person, if you're a security person, you're responsible for security risk. You're responsible for actually reducing security risk. If you're a um, an operations person, infrastructure person, an application owner, you want to reduce or or limit your operational risk. The problem is that as a security person, if you want to make change to reduce security risk, you are inherently taking on operational risk, right? Get rid of that account that no one knows anything about. Operational risk, critical application breaks, right? right. So the way that you, you have to find that owner, you have to find someone that says it is okay to do this so that they take that operational risk off the hands of the security people so the security people can actually do the work. So we find that, so what, what we've done with our product is we've developed what we call methods. The, there is no silver bullet to finding ownership. There is no single method that works every time. What we've done is we've developed the, a series of methods that run, that, that we used with many different customers to find the closest, best proposed owner. Now think about the, the situation where, you know, you have, we found this proposed owner and maybe they're not the correct owner, Right but they are in the same team as the owner or they recognize what that application is or they know someone that they can send the, the, the ownership to. So our workflow tool allows that proposed owner to send it to someone else and they say, oh yeah, I am the owner of this. And they say, yes, I am taking ownership of this. Now you have a confirmed owner. So you always need that ownership piece. If all else fails, then you do have to resort to, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it off and make sure no, no one yells and turn it back on. But you really, really want to avoid that because you're you're taking on that operational risk that's just not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so protecting everybody's identity appropriately. Are there any like, case studies or success stories that that you could share with us? Yeah. Um. We've uh, so we've done a lot of work. There, there's one that comes to mind. Um. It's a large financial organization. Um. They th this actually is is for our data use case, uh, but you know as far as we're concerned, data access is just another element of identity hygiene. Um, and this customer had a, a project where they had to clean up a bunch of uh, shares, unstructured data shares, um, and the way that they were planning to do it and doing it manually and doing it with their own internal processes, they were doing about five per week. And obviously they didn't want to make any changes during the week. Uh, they had to follow change control, but the most they could do given the amount of time that it takes, given that they're a large multinational organization offices all over the world, they were doing five, maybe 10 per weekend. If they were lucky, we implemented our tool and through our tool, we got them up to 2,500 a weekend Ooh. because of all the automation. Wow. Right. And, and the only reason we stopped at 2,500 is they said, well, slow down. You know, we're, we're worried that we're introducing too much. But through the the con getting that ownership, confirming ownership, right, having that not just picking someone and then asking them a question 
and and then you know and assuming that we can go ahead and make the change it's actually getting them to commit yes i understand what you're doing and i am okay with what you're doing then scheduling all of those those pieces to go out and 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 happen you know the, that that body of work to happen over over um you know saturday night sunday night we were able to dramatically um improve what their estimate was, I think something like 25 years before they would be done. Yeah. Uh, we got it done in about two years with even some gaps in between that. Yeah. Right. Um, cool. So we were able to dramatically increase the, the volume. Another cool story that just came up recently as actually with a, a proof of concept customer, um, they were actually looking at uh, our product from uh, an identity hygiene from our accounts uh, offering. But given that we have to collect all the group data, they discovered a group that they thought should only have about five people in it. But because of our discovery and our over, you know nested discovery of subgroups and subgroups and Active Directory, we actually they saw that we they had about a thousand people. Someone had accidentally added a group, which it was kind of hidden because it was it was nested uh, deep right. right in in group subgroup subgroup subgroup. But they they were a thousand people that were a member of a group where they thought at most there should be five people. Oh, interesting! Wow, critical information. That's excellent. Thank you. Uh, so let's dust off your crystal ball a little bit and look into the future. So, what do you think the future of identity hygiene looks like? Uh, is it just more of what you're doing, but bigger and faster, or is like AI going to play a role and change things? How does it all work? Yeah, faster is always is always uh you know a target. Uh, bigger, uh, better is always a target for us and and most software companies. <clears throat> I think, you know, if you look at the landscape of of uh, security products, um, as I said earlier, we're seeing more and more companies talk about an identity, uh, not necessarily identity hygiene, although some are talking about identity hygiene, but they are talking about identity, and we actually love that, right? We love the fact that it kind of reinforces for us that that we are going down the right path because now everyone is talking about security, putting identity at the center of security. So <clears throat> a big part of, of what where things are, are going and what we're going to be doing over the next 12 to 24 months um, is, again, bigger, better, faster, obviously. But AI will absolutely play a part, but not necessarily in the way you might think. Uh, definitely, there's there's uh, AI capabilities uh, that are and ML capabilities that are within the product and the way that we do things like ownership and the way that we do some of our processes. There's there's definitely things that we're going to be doing with AI around that certification process to make it easier for the owner of an asset around discovering owners of assets, but also telling people exactly what they should be focused on, right? When we run our product, when we install it, we find hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of violations. And while those violations are grouped into controls and you could focus on, well, this control is first, then this control, this, this other control. I think AI gives us the ability to kind of do a cross section of those controls and those violations and say, these are the five biggest threats to you right now. Target those right now. And, and that's kind of the direction that we're going. But where you may not expect AI to play a part is actually the opposite of where AI represents a danger to organizations. So think about Copilot, for example. Right. If um, if you use uh, Microsoft Copilot, it will give you suggestions and tell you, oh, you're working on this file. You worked on a file last week or I've, I've discovered this other file that has kind of the same language. Well, what if you happen to type in the word salary 
right? And I found, right. oh, I found a bunch of, of files that talk about salary or talk about, you know, comp, right? Because remember, it's not like fast search where, you know, in fast search, when it was first introduced, this this was a problem for people. Like, well, if I search for one thing, I might discover a whole bunch of files where someone forgot to add security or, or there's their security issues. And now I have access to that salaries, that XLS. This is even worse because now it might find a bunch of files that mention comp, not salary, but you were writing salary, right? Yeah. So the idea of ensuring that you have really, really good identity hygiene before you turn on something like Copilot is critical because otherwise you're going to expose your users to data that they have no business looking at and by the way they probably wouldn't find it in a million years if they were if they were searching on their own now you have an ai that's telling you that here's here's some files that that you could look at that you have access to so understanding access understanding the accounts cleaning up that access before you turn on something like a copilot is critical so that's the other side kind of the dark side of of AI from a from a security perspective right the things that it can expose and again reinforcing why you need to have these controls in place okay that excellent and and I think that in as itself is is a a good piece of actionable advice that that our listeners can can take from that is to make sure that you've got your hygiene ducks in order before you start uh, relying too much on on AI uh is there any other actionable advice that you can offer our listeners? I think um, you have to ask yourself, do I understand, do I know every single access point into my environment, every single account that exists, every single way that that a user, a human being can interact with my systems? Do I have a full inventory of that? And if you don't, the first thing you have to do is say, where are my gaps? Right. Where what are the things that I have zero visibility to? Of course, everyone can can access all of your Active Directory accounts and groups, uh, but you have a bunch of LDAP um, LDAPs floating around and other directory services floating around that you may not know about. Um, do you have uh, a bunch of local accounts that you may not know whether or not they exist? And and the the thing that you have to do is, you know, don't write down write down what you it's it's hard, but you kind of have to write down what you think you don't know. Right. Like, you know, you have Oracle in the environment, but are you certain that there's no local Oracle accounts? You know, you have Unix devices or Linux devices. Are you 100 percent sure that there isn't a bad build that's creating accounts with, you know, weak passwords? Every single that potentially might have root access every time a new uh uh, Unix devices built every time, you know, a, a Linux device is built. These are the questions you should write down and say, okay, well, then if I, if the answer to all of these is, you know, yes, I do know about all of these things. I have a full inventory of all these things, but most importantly, you have a process that that discovery is happening on an ongoing basis. That's, that's the other critical thing you have to, this is not a one-time activity. You know, I tell, you know, some, some customers ask me, well, you know, so I install your product, I do all this cleanup and I'm done. Right. I could, I could just pay for two months of, of right. me collecting this data. I was like, I said, yeah, absolutely. Just go shut down all your data centers, disconnect all your SaaS applications, you know, turn off your, your, your tenant with AWS, GCP and, and, um, and other cloud providers and you're good. You never good. have to run the product again. The yeah. problem is we're dealing with a dynamic environment that's constantly yeah. changing. So it's not just about, can I discover all these things? Can you discover all these things on an ongoing basis? And do you have the infrastructure to create the, the kinds of tooling that you're going to need to discover these things on an ongoing basis? That's the critical question. Because before you know it, well, I could write a script for that. Okay, great. 
script and script and script. And before you know it, you know what? You're actually a software company now managing yeah. not what you what your business users care about, which is retail or financial. But now you're a software company where you spend the majority of your day managing this product to do discovery or solve the security issue. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thanks. That's great advice. I appreciate that. So we're about out of time. I do want to end with a very open-ended question. The essence of this question is what should I have asked that I failed to ask? But the question is, what else does our audience need to know about either identity hygiene or about Sphere or anything that we've talked about today? Yeah, I think ultimately identity hygiene, as as kind of I, I went through, is is really about that that understand. It's not just about that discovery and that understanding of what do I actually have, but it, you have to have a mechanism to efficiently, effectively correct the things that, that are broken, right? Or the, the, the security issues, the, the things that you discover. Um, and, and that process needs to be repeatable. Otherwise, you're going to constantly be throwing people at it, right? You're constantly going to be throwing resources at it. So understanding not just, you know, making that list of, you know, what, what, what are my gaps? Then the next question, when you have that list, the question is, do I have a mechanism to collect all that data? And then when I collect that data, am I going to be ready for the shock of what it's going to take to actually correct it, right? Of sitting down with my management and saying, I've just discovered, you know, these huge issues in my environment and I need to do X. And the amount of time and effort and money that you're going to spend on X, um, you have to be ready to, to justify that. Right. And it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy. Um, and but the 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 biggest issue, I think, is the human element. Right. Uh, what people don't think about when they think about that huge program of correcting these issues. Remember, we talked about ownership a, a lot. Well, what the LACE projects actually is not the solutions to collect the data or the solutions to correct the, the issues. It's talking to those humans. Right. Those owners who have to say, yes, I am the owner. And yes, you can do this. And you will lose humans and those owners really, really fast if they don't have confidence that what you're giving them is correct. If you go to an owner and you give them incorrect data, you will lose them and you will never get them back. Because think about it. If you're the head of marketing, you have a full time job. It's not my yeah. remember what I said earlier about people thinking that. Well, I, of course, IT knows where all the accounts are. So now you're approaching that same person and saying, I need your help to do my job. They're going to say, wait, but you're IT, you're security, I'm marketing. I have my own full-time job. Why do you need me to do your job for you? So that that human element is a big piece of it. And having that understanding, understanding how to properly communicate with that human, how to make it as easy as possible for them to understand what you're doing is what's going to get you to that, ultimately, that remediation. And remediation, the only reason you're doing it is for risk reduction, right? That's the reason we do any of this. Exactly. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Rosario, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. This was fascinating information. I'm sure our audience is going to love it. So thank you. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. And a big thanks to our listeners for being with us today. And please remember to like and subscribe if you find this podcast interesting and join us next time for another episode of the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast.